And hello out there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is episode number 20, and it's your good friend Jimbo coming in. How's everybody doing out there? How's everybody's uh, week going this this time around? Hey, I actually said it right this time, not saying doing. But uh, not a bad week for me so far, um, as far as sports related. Got hockey coming back well actually came back last night uh it's thursday right now that we're recording so capitals play last night but my wonderful philadelphia flyers play tonight at uh, i think 7 7 30 uh we're we're visiting the golden knights which should be a interesting game uh as far as the flyers you got james uh Ram- Dean Dyke. dyke Sorry, I got a little bit of a cold. Uh, his first fly, Flyers game back with the team. Uh, we also had uh, Notre Dame coming out coming out with a big victory last weekend uh, against Stanford. So I'll talk a little bit about that, as well as some baseball news. Um, we got the the playoffs starting, but. We also have uh, a coach firing, a GM firing already. And there's a a story I found involving the Oakland Athletics and the New York Yankees and an Oakland fan. So I'll I'll start off the show with that. Uh, So everybody knows, if if you've been listening every week, I'm very... Die-hard, hardcore Eagles fan. Slowly getting there with the Flyers. Um, you know, been a Flyers fan for about about five, six years now. But you know, I love Wayne Simmons. Starting to get used to a lot of the other players, especially some of the younger players, because I get to see them up here uh, in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, when they play the Baby Pens. But a lot of Philadelphia fans still to this day get a bad rap because of um, of our attitudes of how we acted back in the 80s, 90s probably even the 70s you know, throwing snowballs at uh, at Santa Claus and batteries at JD Drew so when I was looking for some stuff to talk about tonight I came across this, uh, this story that was on ESPN excuse me and it was the Athletics versus the New York Yankees Uh, played a wild card game I believe uh, last night or the night before and what it was was the Oakland Athletics needed a little help from their their Twitter friends Twitter followers to look for uh, this one gentleman who was an A's fan and the game was held in New York, and there was a picture of him being doused by beer by New York Yankee fans. Now, it's not Philadelphia, so why should we, you know, talk about this or uh, chastise these Yankee fans and this and that? Before I get to that, but I, I will say, you know, kudos to the Athletics. They basically wanted to 
sent him a lot of uh, team gear. Uh, they're going to bring him out to a home game next year. He's a former Oakland resident who's living in New York now, but he's still a diehard A's fan. So kudos to the, the A's for helping this guy out. But back to these morons. I, I don't understand fans, why they do this. Uh, well, like, what's the point of it? You know, it's one thing to bust on, you know, fans of the other team or uh, joke around with your friends who might not like your team. And even, like, these guys I play uh, with on NHL 19, we have a little club together, they're devil fans. And they know I'm a Flyers fan, and we give crap back and forth, and we were actually just talking about situations like this the other night. And the one uh, buddy said, and he made a good point, most of these incidences, no matter if it's Philadelphia or Oakland or Texas or you know Miami, whatever city it is, most of this is one of two things. 21, 22-year-old college guys or girls that mommy and daddy have buku dollars and don't really even care about the game. They just go there to get drunk, and that they're the people that that cause the, this, uh, you know, these problems. And it also gives a black eye to, you know, the their teams that they're quote, rooting for. And it makes the, the experience for the other guy that you're, you know, throwing stuff at or doing whatever bad. Um, I used the, the story about King, me and King, going to a Eagles game about two years ago, I think it was, two seasons ago. And he, it was a Monday night game in Philly. And he was, he was terrified because he had in his head that he's going to have beer thrown at him, you know, food thrown at him, he may even get jumped because he's wearing his giant stuff and, you know, you're Philadelphia fans. And I'll tell you this, where we sat for tailgating before the game was probably about a thousand feet away from one of the subways. So everybody from downtown coming to the link, coming up to the, the steps. I mean, yes, I was a little nervous in the beginning, but not one person gave him a problem as far as being physical. Did they bust on him? Yeah, but you gotta expect that going to uh, an away game, wearing your team that you want to support, and that's kudos. You know, kudos to you. And like I was talking about the, the guys I play uh, NHL with, I already told them that if I ever go to a Devils game, I have no problem wearing my Flyers gear. I expect to get busted on or, or called names. It's just that it really bothers me that there's people out there that pretty much ruin the experience for, for everybody. And the other reason why I do bring this up, this story, is because I am kind of, as a, a Philadelphia sports fan, tired of always being, you know, the, 
the head of the class, you know, get, being named like, you know, you're the bad fan and stuff like that. When it's going on all around, it's not just Philadelphia. Sorry for the, the early rant in the, the show, but moving on, since we are talking about baseball, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Buck Walter from, well, formerly of the Baltimore Orioles, and uh, Dan Duquette as well, who was our GM. Now, like I just said in the, the prior uh, piece, how I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, I still do root for the Phillies, um, but I more follow the Orioles because of my dad. My dad's a huge Baltimore fan. Um, me personally, I got to meet Brooks Robinson when I was younger. Um, Boot Powell, I, I met at a sports show. So I've met a couple of Orioles uh, former players, and uh, we even had uh, Mike Mussina, who is from uh, Pennsylvania, which is, I, I believe is about an hour away from the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area. He, he pitched for the Yankees and uh, Baltimore. P- pitched quite, quite a few years with Baltimore before he went to the Yankees. But, so, like I said, today's Thursday. Um, the season ended, I believe, like Sunday or Monday. And uh, everybody knew probably about halfway through the season changes had to be made in the front office, whether it be just Showalter being released or just Duquette being released or both of them flat out being released together. Um, it was a very, very long and terrible season. Uh, we lost 115 games. I, I think the one uh, record I saw is we're like only the third or fourth team in 100 years to, to lose that many games. We were 61 games out of first place. You know, it was just just a terrible, terrible season. It was kind of sad to see Manny Machado being traded. Um, you knew it, you knew it had to be done. Uh, we got a lot, a lot of good prospects back. You know, so we'll see how they pan out. But for me personally, I felt bad for Adam Jones, our uh, center, uh, starting center fielder. He's been with the team for. 12 years or so um, now I, I just started get back into watching baseball following and watching it about about six seven years ago and like I said I, I picked it up because my dad likes to watch Baltimore we get the MLB ticket or whatever they call it and I've always liked him but like the way he carries himself he carries himself very professional he always has his team's back um, I remember I think it was two seasons ago, uh, Batista from Toronto, uh, Blue Jays at the time. He did something towards the, the one the one rookie pitcher that we had, and I mean Adam Jones met him at second base to uh, have a few words with him. And then what really sealed the deal for me that I'm gonna follow him to whatever team he goes to um, next season. After these past two, three weeks, you know, of ending the season, some of the videos that I was seeing, him knowing, and he he knew his he knew his his tenure was was done. The last game of this, uh, the last home game, I'm sorry, uh, 
before the game started, he went out to, you know, sign autographs like some of the players do. And he brought out five or six baseball bats, two or three baseball gloves, some hats, and just walked up the the baselines, you know, the, the, the fence, giving bats out to little kids. And when I say little kids, I mean like 9, 10 years old, not no 16, 17 years old. Um, another another uh, time, probably about a month ago I saw, he hit a home run, little kid, about 9, 10 years old, sitting in the first row there, uh, about 6, 7 seats away from the dugout. Adam Jones came into the dugout. Next thing you know, pops out, calls the kid over, and gave him the batting gloves he was wearing to hit that home run. And the look on that kid's face was awesome. I mean, Adam Jones made a, a fan for life with this kid. And it, it, it broke my heart in a way just to knowing that he's going to not be with Baltimore no more next year. And I... Kind of to show you the, the respect the team had for him, or has. You know, they didn't lose any respect for him. The last home game before the, the team came out. So what they do for the national anthem is the outfielders will come out on the, the edge of the, the dirt right behind second base. Infielders are on the grass between the second base and the pitcher uh, mound. And catcher and the umpires are at home plate. So Adam Jones, you know, ran out to where he was supposed to go, thinking his teammates were behind him. And they they stood back. They stayed back. And once the crowd knew what was going on, they stood up, gave him applause. Adam Jones didn't want that. He kept on, whether he was acting or not, I don't think he was acting, but he looked over at the team and was like, let's go. Get out here! Let's. We got a ball game to go. You know, let's get this playing. And they were not moving. It was probably a good three, four minutes of applause, and even the, the umpires tipping the, the hat to him. And after about the fourth or fifth time of him yelling at the team, "Let's go!" They finally came out. And you know, another uh, scene I saw was uh, we called up this uh, Cedric uh, Mullins, I believe his name was, he's a center fielder. Adam Jones has started every game at center field for the past, I don't know, six, seven years. And called this kid up. He was going to start center field. We moved Adam Jones over to right field for the first time, I, I believe, ever in Orioles' uh, team. And he looked at Mullins and goes, hey, you got to lead the team out there. And Mullins, the, the rookie, he thought they were joking, or he was joking, and what a move and Jones like well we're not playing a game till you get out there and then Chris Davis came over to say fine you know I'll, I'll get us to go out there and Jones turned around and looked at, at Davis and said he ain't moving no one's going out there until he goes out first and sure enough you know finally Mullins went out there and like this this Adam Jones he, he's a he's, has, he knows how to play the game and you don't see very many professionals like that and it's nice to see that there's still some of them out there uh, man, did I get off topic there? Sorry, but back to uh, the O's with the Buck Showalter, Dan Duquette thing. Me personally, if you guys follow me on Twitter, which you can follow me on on Twitter at Jimbo ST Sports, 
Um, I always want Dan to catch on. I, I believe Showalter deserved at least at least one more, maybe two more years. You know, when he took over this team, they they were garbage. They they weren't good at all. And he took them over about halfway through, uh, I believe it was the 2010 season. Ended up going on like an 18 or 20 game win streak to finish out the year. Then was named uh, full-time head coach in 2011, which that's the same time that they brought in Dan Duquette as GM. Now, they went on to... Uh, they, they had some success together. I mean, the, the team went on to have an at least 80, uh, 80 wins in five straight seasons. They reached the postseason three times, and I remember 2014, they almost went to the World Series. Uh, I, I think it was four, three or four games um, away from the, the series. But then these past two years, this season and last season, you know, they, they came in last place. Last season wasn't as bad. We were maybe like 10 games below 500, so I mean, that's not great, but compared to this year, it was pretty bad. Now, the reason why I, I say I think Showalter deserves at least, a, at least another year, if not another year, his, his record overall with the Orioles is 10 games below 500. Now, like I said, last season we came in last place, we weren't that good. If we lost 115 games, well, since we lost 115 games this year, and that put him 10 games below 500, that means going into the season, he was, you know, 100 games above 500 or, or so. This season, I blame on Dan Duquette. Okay, yes, you had to move Manny Machado. You didn't do really anything as far as helping your starting pitching out, um, your rotation. Yeah, you went and got Cobb. I think his name's Alex Cobb. Um, Dylan Bundy, I'm not giving up on him yet. I, I still think he has talent, but he needs other starters around him. I, I think he may have faltered because of some, some pressure uh, to be that guy. And he's young. So I, I think he still could work with it. Uh, you know, so we got Cobb now. We had Guzman to start the season. I thought he should have been gone last season. You traded away Jonathan Scope, which I would have kept him around. I would have tried to sign him. I mean, you weren't going to sign both Manny and Scope. Adam Jones... Even though I want to see him stay in Baltimore, you know, you had to try to trade him. I know he had a trade clause, uh, no trade clause in his, his contract, but there was teams out there that he was okay with, he, to, to go with, and he didn't move them. There were just too many uh, problems or, or situations that Duquette didn't fix or didn't follow through. 
And that's not Showalter's fault. I mean, he doesn't make the yes, you know, we'll trade him or the no. I'm sure he gives an opinion of like, hey, I wouldn't do that or do this. But he doesn't sign the papers to say, okay, send him away. Uh, Mark Trumbo or Chris Davis's his contract. I want, I did want Chris Davis back. I'll admit that when he was a free agent. But for that price that you gave him, I, I would have never gave him that. It's pretty much like the Bobby Bonilla uh, contract where they're going to be paying him for the next 20 years probably. So I'm sad to see both of those guys go. Well, I'm sad to see Buck Showalter go and possibly Adam Jones in the next couple months because I forget when the free agency for baseball starts. But Dan Duquette definitely has to go or had to go. And the one rumor that I see as far as managers uh, that could replace Showalter was Mike Bordick. Now, when I played baseball when I was younger, it was right around the time Cal Ripken uh, broke the consecutive game starting record and Mike Bardick was on that team he was a good ball player wasn't great I don't know if I would sign him as a manager if you wanted to go with a fan favorite who is who's used to you know play with the team or been in the organization you gotta give Cal Ripken a call I mean his dad coached so he, he has to know how to coach a little, at least a little bit. I mean, obviously, he knows how to play the game. Give him a call and, and talk to him and, and see, you know, just maybe he might be uh, willing to to coach. So so that's that's pretty much the... Oh, uh, actually, no. We're, what I'm going to do is, too, is I'm going to get my... Um, my picks for this division for uh, for the baseball uh, playoffs real quick so in the NLDS we got the the Rockies versus the Brewers and we have the Braves versus Dodgers Um, as far as winning winning this round I'm gonna say from the, the Rockies Brewers uh, games I'm going to go with the Rockies and then as far as the Braves Dodgers I'm going to pick the Braves uh, they just seem like they were hot all year and I mean even when they kind of cooled off a little bit they still seem pretty good as far as the ALDS we got the Yankees versus the Red Sox which I may still tune in to that game uh, just because there's going to be fireworks. You know there is. There always is. And then the Indians versus Astros, which both of those games can be very uh, entertaining. I mean, Astros, especially with the Indians the past uh, couple seasons, they, they've been coming on strong. So with the Indians and the Astros, I'm going to go with the Astros. Wow, the Astros. I'm going to go with the Astros. Um just because I think maybe the Indians might be still a year or two away. Uh, as far as the Yankees and Red Sox, I'm not buying into the whole Aaron Judge or Stanton thing just yet. I think they're going to cool off in the, in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Red Sox uh, for this this uh, this round. And then when this round's over, I'll, you know, me or King, 
hopefully he'll be back in uh, a couple weeks. We'll pick our our winners from that round as well. So moving on, I'll talk a little bit about uh, college football. Kind of do my picks for for this coming week. Um, Notre Dame played Stanford. I, I got to watch that game. I was very excited to watch that game. I'm not saying this as a Notre Dame fan. I'm saying this as a football fan. That was a, a fun game to watch. And that offense with Book, it just looks so much different than it did with Winbush. It, it seems like the offense is a lot more confident, a lot more fluent, and like not worried about something. Um, I'm not saying Wimbush is a god awful terrible quarterback. It's just I don't think he pos- I just don't think he fits that style of offense. So I mean we had Notre Dame win 38-17. Uh, pretty much got what I was asking for last week, uh, a blowout win, and almost got where I wanted it. Uh, we moved from number eight to number six. I was hoping that if we had a blowout win, we could move up to the top five. But this week we got number 24, Virginia Tech, which is no slouch. Uh, if we win this game, I mean, we definitely have to crack the top five. Not too many top 25 ranked games uh, against other 25 ranked teams. You only have uh, Notre Dame, like I said, Notre Dame against Virginia Tech, which obviously I'm going to take Notre Dame every game, so you guys got to get used to that. But, uh,. Also have LSU versus Florida. I'm hoping Florida pulls it out, but I think LSU is gonna blow them out. Uh, I just don't think Florida is good enough yet, as far as like recruiting and, and players that they may have on the team as like right now. Then you also have Oklahoma versus Texas. Uh, Oklahoma is number seven. Texas is 19. Last week Oklahoma beat Baylor uh, 66-33. Again, I don't think Texas is as... Let me see. Who did they play last week? Yeah, I mean, Texas... They they played Kansas State last week and they barely beat them 19-14. This this could be another another blowout. So, out of all the ranked teams, I'm picking Notre Dame, picking Oklahoma, and I'm picking LSU. LSU and Oklahoma is going to definitely be the, the blowouts of the week. And of course, yeah, yeah. Actually, one game that uh, was really good I had on the TV um, as well was the Ohio State Penn State game. I like I was rooting for Penn State. Obviously, I think if they won, that would have put us in the top five, uh, Notre Dame in the top five. But they barely, you know, they they lost 27-26. It was a good game all the way around. You had uh, Clemson almost get upset by Syracuse. Um, I think that one was a little bit earlier uh, than the, the Notre Dame or the Penn State game. So I got to watch that here and there. And it, listen, Syracuse the past couple years has been no joke. It's just a matter of time before they, they sneak up in there and start getting ranked and maybe even get you know top 10 team soon. So... So moving on to the NFL uh, week uh, week four review, I had the bonehead play of the week. 
my fantasy uh, football team. I figure I'll keep riding the, the fist magic. That's all I, I heard. Sounded like poop. That's how he played. And to make it even worse, I had Jared Goff on my bench. Needless to say, I lost. I lost by 10 points, too. That, that's the killers. I would have blew the, the other team away. But, uh... I'm pretty sure when we were recording last uh, week, I, I did say that was going to be a high-scoring game. I, I did take Minnesota. I was thinking uh, since they lost to Buffalo, they would come back and be pissed off and, and win. And they, they almost they almost did. I mean, they lost 38-31. Uh, my Philadelphia Eagles, man, their, their defense, their passing defense, I should say. Their run defense is, is just nasty. But the pass defense, they got to get their heads out their asses. Jalen Mills, I love him. I, I like how he's a, a physical corner. He's not a starting cornerback. He's a slot corner. And that's where he played last year was in the slot, and he was awesome. They need to bounce Sidney Jones, who's in the slot right now. He's a bigger cornerback. Bounce him outside. Start him alongside Darby. Move Mills back to the slot. And I think that's going to help out a lot. Now, this week, they're not doing that. They're keeping Jalen Mills out there still. I think the only change they're doing to their defense is uh, our rookie uh, corner, Maddox, is going to be our starting safety because we lost Rodney McLeod two weeks ago to a torn knee. But uh, Pittsburgh's still still in shambles, even though Levian Bell said he's coming back. Uh, week 7, I believe that's their, their bye week. And the, the article I saw too on ESPN about that too, uh, they were quoting Le'Veon Bell. He's like, you know, I just want to I miss football, and I, I want to play, you know, so bad, and blah, 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 blah. Well, why are you waiting till week seven, then? Show up now. Your team needs you. You know, Ben and, and Antonio Brown is back to uh, back to reality. They're, they're not unstoppable. And you could definitely help out. But no, you want to wait till week seven because you're selfish. And I know me and King always get into this argument over it. But he is. Moving on anyways. Uh, on to my week four picks. So tonight, like I said, we're, we're recording. It's Thursday night. Uh, we got the Colts and the Patriots tonight. I'm not even going to touch that game. I think with Edelman coming back. I think Josh Gordon is going to finally start showing some stuff. I, I think that's going to be a blowout. Uh, an interesting game to see uh, is the Ravens versus the Browns. Now, the Ravens are 3-1. Joe Flacco looks like he's not being the old Joe Flacco of being bad. And then you got a Browns team who's very interesting. Yeah, they're 1-2-1. and, two and one, But with Baker Mayfield in there... Uh, gives them, he definitely gives them a better chance than Tyrod Taylor and it's going to be interesting to see how many games I, I think they're going to win more than one game this year I think they're going to win three or four I think that's how good Mayfield can make that uh, team better um, but 
my my first pick I'll, I'll do is the Packers versus the Lions. Packers are two and one. Lions are one and three. I'm gonna just, I still gotta go with the Packers because last week the Lions defense against uh, Dallas. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Dak Prescott is not a Aaron Rodgers. He should torch them. He should be able to throw wherever, whenever, you know, at will. So I'm gonna go with the Packers for that one. Um, I'm gonna say 21-6. Then the blowout I'm gonna go with is uh, Falcons against Steelers. Uh, still no Le'Veon Bell. I'm gonna pick the Falcons just because that that high power offense. You got uh, uh, I almost said Stephen Ridley, uh, Calvin Ridley. He's starting to show up now. He's a good complement to Julio and Steelers corners can't stop anybody so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with like 31 17 Falcons my lock that I'm gonna go with is the Colts Patriots game even though I just said I'm gonna stay away from that game or whatever as I was talking I thought about like I said that with Julian Edelman coming back I think he's gonna help out so I'm going Patriots winning over the Colts. Uh, the spreads by uh, the spreads 11. I mean I could even see it more than that. Um, so that's my picks for Week Five. Uh, we got hockey back tonight. I was I, I was thinking the Flyers were on seven, but they're out at uh, out in Vegas, so they don't play till 10. So I can't watch them tonight because I got gotta go into work early tomorrow. But I believe we play Saturday afternoon, so I might be able to watch them then. So hockey's back, college football's in the full swing of things, NFL's in the full swing of things. This is a good time to be in, into sports. You know, baseball, we have the playoffs. So with that all being said, I, I think that's going to do it for this week. You could uh, follow us over on Twitter. You can follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow King at King of Skunk Duck. And you can also follow me at Jimbo ST Sports. Um, you can go over to our Facebook page as well and check out iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn. So, with all that being said, guys, thanks for listening. I will see you next week. This is your good friend Jimbo signing out. <laughs>